All right, man, we are live now. Welcome back, yo, to the Manology Project Podcast. I'm your host, Quentin. And uh, check this out, man. Uh, I'm back. I haven't done a live in a minute. Uh, so I thought that if I was going to come back, I had to have an excellent topic. And so today we really want to talk about our culture, um, the impact on the culture, and then on what that impact is doing on our young adults uh, as far as uh, creating the type of faith that would actually have you cemented and concrete built on Christ. Uh, so what I wanted to do is I got my boy here, Pastor Eric Starks Jr., who is a young adults pastor at my church, his church, Brightmore Christian Church. What up all of the Brightmore family out there? Uh, <laughs> uh, but I got Pastor uh, Starks on here or Pastor Eric that just kind of talk with us. We're going to walk through uh, what he's been doing um, at our church as far as uh, uh, assisting our young adults with building the right type of faith in Christ to, uh, for sustainability. So uh, what's going on, Pastor Eric? Hey, hey, just just doing work, just, uh, just coming off Easter weekend. So all the pastors out there are getting some extra some extra Z's in. <laughs> right, 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 right. It was right. a crazy weekend for all us pastors. Yeah, man. Uh do appreciate all the work. Uh, and then also I wanted to say thank you very much for uh accepting the invitation, even though I know this was a busy week for you. Um, I do appreciate it, man. And um listen, we're gonna dive right into it. Um, kind of give us a little background on the passion that you have behind, um, the young adults. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think for me, it starts with, with being one myself, uh, man, like if you would have told like 18 year old me that at 25, like I would have been a pastor for four years, like I wouldn't have believed you, you know? Uh, right. cause I've been, I've been doing this thing since I was 21 and, uh, I've learned a lot. I've learned that, uh, man, we are, we're still growing and developing. We may not be growing and developing physically, but right. mentally, mentally and spiritually, we definitely are. Um, so I think that it's important that, you know, faith is a part of who we are in these years. Um, mm -hmm. cause I mean, the stats show that like, if, if you don't if you don't get your life together like 18 to 25 like you're you're heading down a, a bad path you know <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, right. you got to marry the wrong person have a bunch of debt you know whatever it is right. uh you know have have stuff on your on your uh criminal record whatever it is like right. it's, this is the time to get it right so have you always been a have you ever so as a pastor have you always just been a youth or a young adults pastor yeah yeah so i did uh youth pastoring which would be sixth to 12th grade um okay. for about three about three years um and then there was kind of one middle year um that we we came back to florida where i was doing basically i was a creative pastor which really means graphics and videos uh wasn't my my thing because i wasn't preaching you know um mm -hmm. that's what i feel like i was i was born to do um and so COVID hit ended up changing that position um which really was the lord's favor because we ended up at brightmore and now i'm doing young adult ministry which is yeah for our church is 18 to 30. Okay. Um, specifically um there's there's a little bit of fluctuation depending on you know if it's a service or an event or a small group but 
Uh, and man, I just feel like I was built for this because I'm I'm 26. Like I'm literally in the middle of the yeah. age group that I'm ministering to. So it's not just oh boys up there telling me what to do with my life. It's like no, he's doing it too because he's like he's in it, you know. Right. So like now he was. Yeah. Go no, ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm listening. No, I was just gonna say like like he he just came out of a dating season or he's he's you know <laughs> new, newly married now or you know he's he's into. Um, urban culture and hip hop and sports, you know, the things that young adults care about. So it's like, but Jesus is the most important thing in my life, but I still, you know, I still love those things. Um, they're just not the most important. So I'm, I'm right in here, you know, with them. Yeah. How do you bridge that gap between, you know, letting them know that you can, you can have fun enjoy some of the culture, uh, not all of it, but some of the culture uh, does yield, you know, some fun things in there. So how do you do, you know, when you're, you know, when you're expressing the language of the Bible, like, so how are you, mm -hmm. what, is that, what is that common bridge or what's the common ground that you, you sink, you know, you kind of anchor in to let them know that you can have, but you can do, you can enjoy the culture and, and, and stuff, but, but, mm -hmm. but letting them know that Christ is the anchor, you know, for what you should have. Yeah, that's good. I think we got to like look at the life of Jesus. I yeah. mean, he wasn't he wasn't getting re he was getting rebuked for, you know, eating with sinners or being in in this town that, you know, his people normally don't go to or talking to this woman that, you know, men aren't even supposed to associate with, right? Um right. he was getting criticized for those things, um but the reason why he was there was to be light, right? He was there to um, to change the atmosphere, to impact people's lives, um, to make other people better, and, and ultimately to draw them closer to his father, to God. And so it's the same with us, man. Like Jesus lived in Judea, in Samaria. Like, in, <laughs> right. like he was in, like he was with Roman officials and like he right. lived in the city, you know, like he did life just like we do life. And right. so it's not about it's not about abstaining from the culture. It's about abstaining from everything that separates us from God. And uh, oh, that's good. That's good. And bringing and bringing God into the culture. So, for example, I absolutely love rap music. So what I do, I listen to Christian rap music. You know, exactly. I absolutely love fashion. So what I do, like I rock my J's on the stage when I'm preaching about Jesus, you <laughs> right, know, you do. Um, so, you know, it's, there is no separation between like our relationship with God and living on the earth. God's the one who right. put us on this earth, you yeah. know? So he doesn't want us to crawl into a closet and just pray to him all day. He wants us to right. live life every day in relationship with him and in relationship with other people. Right. Now that's the thing I think that most people have, a, they're very confused with is that, uh, so I grew up in church all my life. <laughs> I mean, like literally all my life. Uh, and then, you know, you have that spurt right there where you turn about 16, 17, and then it's like, oh, man. So you get introduced to probably the first thing that hits you, which is girls, right? So it's mm -hmm. like, it's like the first thing that hit, well, I, I take that back. The first thing that hits you as a young, you know, moving from that mid-teens to young adult is the music. That's the first thing. I'm a big rap. I was a big rap buff, um, and I'm I'm still a big rap buff, but I did the same thing you did, which is I just changed the narrative around what I'm going to listen to, and so I listen to Christian rap to the heels. Um, I mean, that's pretty much all I play. My kids are 
pretty much adapted to it. Everybody, you know, uh, be, but mm -hmm. I think that having a love for hip hop or whatever, you know, whatever they want to use, the culture is saying, mm -hmm. uh, doesn't change my ability to actually serve Christ the proper way. Uh, and you said something that was really impactful, which is, you know, abstaining from those things that actually do separate you from Christ. Uh, so I want to drill right in that because basically that's, that's probably where we get really sticky with young adults. So, young, you know, they mm -hmm. say right around that college time is when, you know, I have a 16 year old son. And so he's been pretty much living under me saying, hey, we this family goes to church. Mm hmm. You know, so now he's about to head to church to college and now he's got to do this church thing on his own. Mm -hmm. This is where a pastor, Eric, you know, and pastor at Diamond, they, that's what you guys come in. And then now what do you guys what do you guys take and then pour in from that standpoint? So they're coming out of a Christian home. But what statistics have shown is that a lot of our young Christian kids that grow up in church are falling away, basically. Uh, especially mm -hmm. due to the fact that church is boring, uh, <laughs> that church is not catered to them. Um, mm -hmm. And then I've also learned that they actually want to be pushed. They want to be challenged to be better. Um, and so uh, I'm a big firm believer of like, you know, who are we really preaching to? You know, are we church and church people or are we church and mm -hmm. Say, I mean, what is the message on what are we trying to do? Uh, and, and you made a good point where Jesus, Jesus was all in those places. And one of the things he kept telling them is that I didn't come here for this for people who are already healed, people who are already part of the Christian faith. I didn't come here for the the the, the Pauls and the, the Peters. And I didn't come for you guys after you you got with me. I came for you before you got here, but mm -hmm. not that you're with me. I actually came for people who are sick, who need this. So what do you, what is the structure that you use? You got a, uh, I'm gonna set up a scenario. So you got a, a group of young men that come in, they know nothing about Christ. Uh, what is the foundation that you lay there for them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, step number one has to be like genuine relationship, you know, mm -hmm. cause for that, for that son, like, you know, if we're using like a, a son and father example, like, that son, he's, he's seen Christ in his dad, um, but that's dad. And he's not at dad age. He's not at dad's stage of life. You know, right. he's not making dad type decisions. He's making 18 year old type decisions. Right. And so that foundation has been laid there by dad, but now he needs to know that there's other 18 year old men, or he needs to know that there's a 21, 23, 25 year old man that like the decisions that he's made, like, knowing Christ has made his life better, you know, because there's not that much difference, you know, like right. we're, we're wearing the same shoes. Like we're talking about the same album that just came out, you know, we're talking about the same TVs that show that, that just came out. And so there's that genuine relationship of like, Hey bro, what are you into? What do you like? Like what's, what's important to you. And so for me as, as a pastor, once, once I allow them to share what's important to them, it yeah. opens up the door for me to share what's important to me. And that's my relationship with God and hopes oh, that, good. you know, that they're going to connect what they were raised with, with what they see um, right there before their eyes, you know, like there's, there's this young culture um, and movement that's following Jesus. It's not just, you know, 70 year old gray haired 
dudes, you know, sitting in the pews singing hymns that can have a authentic relationship with the creator of the universe. Like there's, there's no separation there. Like all throughout the Bible, he's using teenagers and young men to change the world. Um, so that's, that's, I think, step number one, that genuine relationship, um, man. And then we just, man, we say it like it is, you know, we've said this about our lead pastor, pastor Jamie, like he just tells it how it is. And bro, there's like, there's stuff I say in a young adult sermon that I would not say in a Sunday morning sermon, you know, (laughs) there's, there's conversations I have with young men in the hallways that I would not have in front of their parents. You know, why? Because we're now, because we're in a community and because we have relationship with one another, there's now that safe space to, to keep it real and say, Hey, like, this is what the word of God says. This is God's plan. God's best for you. You can choose whether you want to follow that path or not. Now I'm going to share with you when I didn't follow his path and the result. And when I did and the result, now it's up to you, you make your decision. Yeah. See, I like that. So relationship and then community. I, I'm really strong on the fact with community. And we talked before uh, a few times and I told you that I mentor young um, men. Um, and that's part of something that I do. Of course, the podcast kind of speaks for itself. But um, I've learned and you, that you hit the nail right on the head, man, is that building relationship and community is like by far probably the best thing you can do versus opening up a scripture and beating people over the head with the Bible. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, And what I've learned also is that most of the time people are already self-convicted. They already know that they need, so you don't have to beat them over the head with it. Um, Mm -hmm. But what we're missing, uh, and I'm just going back, I'm, you know, I'm like, you say you're 26, man. (laughs) You make me feel like a father. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like 45. So it's like, when I look back when I was, you know, I didn't, we didn't, when I was that age, uh, when I was 18, 19, 20, 21. So we didn't have social media. We didn't have mm. a cool hip hop pastor, you know, pastor Eric coming <laughs> in with the swag. Uh, I grew up under the hymns and the, the old school type church. And, um, and I was, I always kind of thought it was like, it was a huge gap between, you know, it's like everybody was saved way up here. Mm. And then it, then it was like a mist. <laughs> so it's either you lived like this extreme save life. Or it's almost like you didn't like you basically are not even saved. Uh, mm. And so I like that you use relationship and community to actually first soften up the heart. Um, and like you said, sharing your story. I think is is uh, probably the best thing that you can do because it does. It makes you seem it makes Christianity and well, not Christianity. It makes uh, being able to actually serve Christ the right way obtainable. Mm. If that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when you can, when somebody can tell you their story and you're looking at them, and it's like, man, dude, you do sound like me. You do look like me. Mm. You have the same issues I have, but yet you're able to obtain it where if you get somebody that's 70 trying to preach to you or 50, 60, 70 trying to preach to somebody that's 18, they're thinking, well, you know, okay, already, <laughs> you know, you're a great, but you're a great Christian, you know what I'm saying? But you don't know what I have to go through. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that today's culture is going through a lot more, you know, the, the pendulum has, has swung <laughs> quite wide 
uh, for our youth, uh, all the way down mm-hmm. to my son's age. What they're battling today, man, is not what I had to battle uh, back in the day. So, you know, uh, from that standpoint, um, and with the, you know, with kids are, you know, really struggling in their minds about that. What do you say to parents? Um, so before they become young adults, we're going to take one big leap back <laughs> because mm-hmm. I think, I think that sometimes I, I was reading an article on this and it says sometimes the presentation of Christ in a home was just not tasteful. So it doesn't give any kids mm-hmm. really no stability to want to be saved because the actual home itself did not display uh, a proper, you know, display of, of what Christian is supposed to be like. Um, mm-hmm. And so kids are battling with that. So uh, what type of plan do you have in place? So like, I know you guys, you know, do, you know, you do talk real talk, you do all that stuff. But do you have like, um, is there like a, a like, a, I mean, in your mind, do you have like a plan that you have to say, OK, when we have these young people come in, you know, basically you and the wife is like, this is the structure that we want to stay on. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with the sermons, like this is a platform that we this is kind of the road we want our path. We want to take these young adults on so that the end they are, you know, able to understand and believe that this walk is obtainable. So do you guys have a plan that you guys use that structure? I mean, you ain't got to yeah. give us all of your, you know, your stuff, but just share a few uh-huh. you know, nuggets on that type of plan on how, what do you guys use for that? Yeah. Yeah. You're talking ministry wise or like, yeah. like personally. Oh, uh, well, I, I, if you don't mind going personal, I like both. I think that, okay. I think that both should match. I think that if, if you do it, yeah, ministry, yeah, I sure. think that your life should have some resemblance of that. So yeah, I, if you could share a little bit of both and that'll work for me. Yeah. Um, so ministry model wise, um, for us, it really goes like large gathering, small group serving. Like that's, okay. that's one, two, three. And the reason why it's that way is um, large gathering is, is our worship services. That's where the gospel is presented. Um, okay. so number one, it's like, I mean, that's gotta be your first step. Number two, practically, that's probably where you're going to come to church first because yeah. one, someone invited you or two, there was something, obviously like we have a young adult, it's not just a young adult ministry, but we have young adult church services. So okay. they're geared for young adults, you know? Okay. Um, and so that's like, that's the easy in because like, for example, last Thursday night, we gave away two Apple watches. Like oh, yeah, what twenty one year old? What twenty one year old doesn't want a free Apple Watch? A chance to win right. a free Apple Watch, you know? Yeah. Like, they don't got money to buy Apple Watch. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, you know, it's like that. That's the draw. And then the reason why next it goes into small groups is then that's where those deeper relationships form. And once you you have a deeper relationship, then you can be begin to address life issues. Right. Because okay. I can't yeah. call somebody out on the stage and be like, yo, I saw what you posted. Like, you need to stop, you know, <laughs> right. ABC. Like, I saw you on Instagram. Right. Right. But in a small group, I can do that. You right. know, I can teach the word and then I can pull someone aside and say, hey, how does how does this scripture apply to your life? And they can yeah. be like, well, you know, I, the Bible says this, but I, I, I act this way. It's like, yeah, well, well, you know, is that something we can change? Is that something we can work on together? Can I walk through that with you? Um, and then lastly is serving because 
there is no better accountability um, yeah. when it comes to being committed to the church than uh, than serving, than, yeah. than being involved. So I've never been a pastor that's like, oh, like we got, I got my like fab five, you know, I got my worship leader, I got my tech director, you know, I got my small group leader and, and yeah. I got my five, so I'm good. It's like, no, everybody can do something. I don't care if you're like, putting a doorstop on a door, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I don't care if you're if you're handing out free coffee water bottles, like, it's not about what you're doing, it's about the accountability that comes with what you're doing. Right. Because once you're on my team, once you're a leader, once you're a servant, I'm holding you to a higher standard. And the higher that standard is, the, the, the deeper that their um, spiritual walk has to be. And ultimately, mm -hmm. like, that's the final goal. Like, yeah. I want you to be as close to God as possible. And so those are kind of the three going through. And I mean, if we were to just put that in a personal sense, I think it, it goes, you know, um, man, just, just sharing the gospel, like number one, sharing and living the gospel, you know, yeah. like that's the service, that's the worship service, you know, in our lives is yeah. that we live it. We love, um, man, we're, we're, we're just real. We're authentic Christians and we're not perfect, but, um, we, sh we share the love of Christ with people. And, um, you know, that, that small group aspect then comes into relationship where you care about people enough to pour into their lives, to ask them how they're doing, you know, yeah. to, um, man, to, if somebody's hurting or struggling, you help them however, you know, whatever way you can. Um, yeah. You know, our pastor has an example of, you know, there's a, a elderly lady across the street that, you know, is always just cursing people out and just, yeah you know, it's not a part of church or Christianity or anything. And he goes in and, you know, snow plows her driveway. Why? Because that's building relationship. Um, right. You know, that's, that's opening a door. Um, and then, you know, when you're, when you're um, just like you would serve, you know, in a church, you, you serve people, you know, yeah. um, what's the greatest commandment, like, love the Lord, your God and, and love your neighbor. And so yeah. it comes down to that, you know, it comes down to serving other people and um not being self-seeking because really if really if you're not a christian you're by default self-seeking like you're living for yourself <laughs> isn't that crazy it's just like <laughs> like even even if you're running a charity organization you're still doing it for yourself i know it it gets really tricky uh and and, it, and i'm happy that you brought that up i'm like i'm gonna tell them <laughs> my own i'm gonna tell them my own self really fast um that probably was like one of the biggest things that um that like was heavy on me for doing like podcasting and doing a t-shirt company and, and a pair a Christian apparel company and stuff like that is so much self-promotion. I'm like, mm. Lord, I am, I hate self-promotion. Like I really, mm -hmm. really hate self-promotion. I'm like, Lord, if you could just open up doors where I don't have to get out here and just look at my, look at my, yeah, look push. at my, uh, but I know that you have to do it. I don't, I, and I'm not saying, hey, everybody out there, I'm not saying that if you have a business that you're not supposed to promote yourself. This is a personal mm -hmm. thing that I have because um, uh, me and my wife and, and stuff, we're like, you know, kind of quiet in our own home. Uh, but when mm -hmm. I got on these platforms, I'm like, man, I got to go past my comfort zone into something that is arena where I actually don't like to be in. Like, I don't want to mm -hmm. use Quentin as the push uh but that's pretty much what the name of the game is if you want to be out you know if you want to kind of be out on this platform you're gonna have to push 
you know, what you, you know, your name uh, when you're doing this. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do like that, like really that self-promotion and then understanding where to balance. So right now I'm learning my own balance uh, with self-promotion. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, now, a real big thing for our young people, too. So we have the culture. The culture today is really big into. Uh, so it's like sex is like a big, huge drive in our mm-hmm. culture. In the culture today, I won't say my culture, but in today's culture, uh, yeah. But how do you guys address Definitely that? Number one, <laughs> yeah, it, it it is right that the whole lust thing is is a real it's a real thing. And um, me personally, you know, going back from me being uh in church when I was younger, that talking about that stuff, man, was never really on the table. Um, mm-hmm. it was brushed over very lightly. Uh, but so many of our young kids struggle with that same issue that same sin which is you know that lust is like but how do we address that Mm -hmm. um to where it still has the good that god created it for but then also addressing where it actually does a lot of harm to us Um, yeah i think that that's the part that we as a body of christ need to make sure that we don't shy away from because talking about sex is a very you know, people just don't want to do it. It's like, I don't want to say nothing about it. But the thing is that Mm -hmm. why not? Because your kids are going to struggle. And if the church is supposed to carry, cover all of these areas of life, you know, we don't have any problem calling everything else out about stuff. You know, we want (laughs) to preach about a whole bunch of stuff, but lust, the sexual lust in this culture is running rapid. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I just watched, well, I didn't watch it because I don't watch like all those award shows, but I heard a lot of crazy stuff happening on those award shows. And man, years ago, you would never see that stuff on TV. So it's just letting mm-hmm. you know that they're trying to make us, you know, uh, bringing our tolerance level, you know, to where it's basically is acceptable. Uh, so yeah, normalized. Yeah. Normalized. It's the best way to put it. So what do you guys do for that, man? Is that a hard task? Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is the strategy to address that, uh, so that our young adults really get a good understanding of the impact it does to self. Mm-hmm. Not not really just saying don't do it, but really mm-hmm. getting them to understand that impact that when you do, this is what you as a person carries. You know. Yeah. So do you guys really dive into that, or you know, or give me a few steps or? you know, little plans that you guys do of, of addressing that and helping our young adults walk through that? Yeah, it's definitely tough too, um, but I've definitely applied something that um, my youth pastor um, always said, and he, he, he would say, we wanna, be, we wanna be known more for what we're for than what we're against. Right. So like as a church, we wanna be known what we're for, not for what we're against. So he used like the most basic example ever. He'd be like, most youth groups, uh, the rules always say no talking, no talking, no talking. He was like, we don't want to harp on no talking. We want to harp on pay attention, pay attention, pay attention, because God wants to change your life, you yeah. know? And so I've, I've never forgotten that. And so I think it really applies to this topic because all they've heard from the church or Christians is do not, do not, do not. And they haven't heard, they haven't heard. God created sex. It was his idea. He created it for marriage. He wants you to enjoy it. Um, You know, it it was created for you, for your enjoyment, literally, you know, it was, 
it, it has a plan, it has a purpose. Right. Um, but they've not heard that. They right. they don't hear that perspective. Right. They just hear don't have sex before you get married. Right. Um, and half the time it's not even given a reason. Like and it's dude, I'm <laughs> telling you, all that's just literally all while I grew up, that's just how it was. If it really wasn't for my mom and my dad actually just being straight up, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's pretty much how the church would used to deliver the message. It's a sin. Mm-hmm. Don't you do it. It's a sin. Don't you do it. And it's like, well, my body is saying another thing. So now how mm-hmm. do we address like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's the part I'm saying that your body says something else. So now how do we teach or address that with our young adults? Because that's a big struggle. You know, you're dating, you know, and all the things that come with dating is pressure. It's like mm-hmm. literally super pressure. And I think that, um, you know, it, it, you already get, you know, you guys are already, you know, very honest and true when you're speaking in your messages stuff. And I think the more you guys are at that level, I think it does make it more comfortable for, um, for the young adults to actually get a better understanding of, yes, oh, you know, oh, not sin the way that it's being preached. You know, it's mm-hmm. not the sin that they're saying it as, but it actually has more sin or more direct effect on me. Like mm-hmm. doing this not out of the way that God told us to do it tears you up as a as a person. Mm-hmm. Like from here. <laughs> To your your feet. It literally, I mean, especially in your mind, it literally racks your brain. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, so it's really good that you guys are not shying away from um, providing our, the young adults with that uh, in the most tactful way. Um, Because like you said, Pastor Jamie is pretty blunt. Like I think that, you know, he doesn't really shy away from a lot of stuff that, um, that I would consider that would be, you know, like all of our racism and all that stuff. And he's pretty, he, he goes right into it. It's, it's a tough discussion to have. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. so serious and it's so sensitive, but you have to address it or else people walk away, not really knowing. And as a church, we just can't do that. So I applaud right. you, yeah, know, yeah. Um, you and the wife uh, for yeah. really being able to figure out a strategy to be able to help our young adults out. Because I mean, like I said, my son is 16. So uh it's great to have this conversation with you because I know where my son is going, <laughs> you know, when he comes back yeah, from yeah. college and when he's in there with you guys, I know that you guys are backing what I'm preaching at home. So that's, mm-hmm. that's really, really good. Um, what about the experience? Like, so what about the feedback from the young adults uh, that you guys have? I'm, you, you guys hang out with them. So what is that feedback like? Yeah. What, is, what are you hearing <laughs> about, you know, the design of, of the, of, of a young adults church and praise and worship. Mm-hmm. And then you guys also, you had, uh, when we were talking, you also spoke about uh, that also that little fun time that you guys always set up too, uh, where there's some fun activities as well. So what is that feedback mm-hmm. like? Yeah, I think, um, I think we've received a lot of appreciation. I would say the word. Uh, and um, obviously COVID plays a big deal with that because yeah, I mean, is it's a season of isolation. Um, yeah. and so to get people together, um, has just, they're just, they're just thankful for it. You know, right. I mean, the college students don't go to college anymore. Um, my young <laughs> professionals that are engineers right. and stuff, they right. don't go to the plant anymore. They literally roll out of bed, hop on their laptop, roll right. back into bed. And they right. got in that cycle. 
and um and that's when um that's that's when sin creeps in that's when mental attacks creep in that's when loneliness uh creeps in and so it, it, there's just been an appreciation and i've also learned in ministry that like like what we do is all about other people so if i come in and i'm just like yo this ministry is going to look like eric stark's ministry i'm going to do what i want to do they may or may not like that and so i ask questions (laughs) you know i'd be like what what do you guys want to do like where do you guys want to go like what songs do you guys want to sing you know um man just just as an example like before we got here they were doing sunday night services and we and i just asked i was like and and people weren't coming like the numbers were low so I yeah. just asked every young adult I saw on the Sunday morning. I was like, "Yo, like, would you rather like, would you come to church on Sunday night?" They're like, "No." Like, okay, well, what night would work? They're like Tuesday or Thursday. I was like, "Why Tuesday or Thursday? No one has anything to do on a Tuesday night or a Thursday night." <laughs> so we moved our services to Thursday night, and That's great. and now yeah. it's busting, you know. Yeah. But it goes it goes deeper than that. Obviously, like, it's like what you know, like what do you need and unfortunately and especially the younger generation they see the church as the church just wants to take from me you know the church just wants they want my attendance they want my money you know they they want me to believe what they believe it's this this you know taking mentality that they see and so as you begin to ask people questions and get their opinions even if their opinion isn't the best i still ask you know and i'll still say thanks for sharing why? Yeah. Because just by letting them share, it, it shows that you care, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that that's, that's so, that's played such a vital role in them being appreciative of, you know, the work that we're doing. Yeah. So now, I mean, of course, you know, this show is really about men. Um, we're talking in general, uh, but just from a, the men's standpoint, uh, what is that like? Um, because young men are, you know, are tougher to pull on and to get in a good understanding mm-hmm. or just wanting to be part of a ministry or, or just save period. You know what I'm saying? That's just like, mm-hmm. what is, so what do you, you know, what do you do um, in those instances when you're uh, you know, I know you had told me your the numbers are up and God is really blessing the ministry as a whole. Uh, but what are our young men looking like? Because, uh that's something that's heavy, you know, on me um, is mm-hmm. really bringing a, a real strong understanding of the authority God has given us as men in this particular walk. Like mm-hmm. there's things that he has given men from an authoritative standpoint, leading homes, uh, mm-hmm. being a servant leader. You know what I'm saying? So we have all these things yeah. that God has given us that he is a spe- you know, self-control, uh, and it's the list goes on and on. Um, but how does that work for you? Like, you know, what are you, and I'm sure you look at that, but how are those numbers? Do we have a lot of guys? Do we have a lot of ladies or is it a 50, 50 split? Yeah, it's, it's pretty close to 50, 50. Um, there are, um, now when it comes to the worship services, now in the small groups, it's, it's female heavy. And that's because guys don't, don't like to talk. <laughs> um, right. but what but what i do is i focus on the ones who are there um man i heard something that was so good they were like like why are you worried about how many people you have you know listen to your podcast or at your church service or you know whatever yeah. it is you're doing like when you have p- 
people there, like fo- like focus on them. And right. so what happens is these guys that are coming, they come consistently enough over time and it takes more time with men than it does with women yeah. for them to buy in. Once they buy in, then their boys buy in, yeah. you know? Yeah, I and agree. that's that's where that's what it comes to is you know you got to you got to pour into you got to give them your one hundred bro. Here's my cell phone number. You can text me any time of the night <laughs> if you're struggling. Like you right. know, here's my Instagram. Here's a face. I I comment on their stuff. Yo, those shoes are dope. Like you know, you're looking fly. Like whatever it is they do, because I got engineers. I, I got men who are engineers. I got men who are trying to be professional dancers, you know, like doing hip hop dance and, and yeah. world of dance stuff, um, like all kinds of crazy stuff. And so um, I just invest in their lives and in what they do. And yeah. um, and that, that you know, nothing beats being genuine. I feel like when it comes to, yeah. to ministering to men, because yeah. we're so used to high by, what's up? How are you? Yeah. Good, good, cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. but we don't take the time to say, um, like, how are you and your girlfriend doing? You know, right. we, we press, the, we press the like button, but we don't actually ask them, you know, how's that relationship going? And then yeah. when they actually get asked, I feel like, I feel like all the thoughts, like, it's like, because it's all there. <laughs> right. They just haven't been asked it. And so then now yeah. they're spilling their guts out because nobody's asked them, right. you know? Yeah, that was probably, uh, this is so funny that you even said it. I remember the guys that I mentor, uh, I remember, um, uh, I asked him, I just asked him, I said, in, in a one week's time, how often do you reach out to an, to one of your friends? Like, this is not somebody you don't even know, but just your friends that are guys that you got, that, you know, whether they're really close or you guys met a couple of times, but you have their information. How mm-hmm. many guys, not how many times, but how many guys a week do you reach out and do exactly what you just said, which is, how's it going? How's the wife? How's the kids? How's your mom? How's the work going? You know, did you get that car fixed up? You know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And dude, those guys are looking at me and we're like, nah, I've not really, I don't. <laughs> and that was really, and I just told him, I said, that is probably one of the saddest things is that we are, as men, we don't even, we don't even overstep a boundary line to say, how is it going? Like you said, they have it and they would love to tell somebody, but we men to men, we don't even ask the question. Like a prime example, when me and you were talking, I mean, I'm a married guy. Like I love talking about marriage. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm, I didn't know if I was going to overstep a bound or not with you, but <laughs> I, I'm in, I'm, I, I like, I, I enjoy mentoring men and then I, me and my wife enjoy marriage. So what was the first thing I asked you? I was like, what, you know, how are you and your, uh, <laughs> how are you in a diamond's <laughs> marriage going now? Is that overstepping the line? If it is, you will tell me you, you, mm-hmm. you just won't say anything about it. But the thing is that, it, it didn't, you didn't even think twice about it. You just was like one, two, three, four, five. Hey, yeah. But you know, the, Go ahead. the difference is the difference is like with you, I would with a bunch of other people in that same lobby. I wouldn't, you know, because there's that <laughs> I do, <laughs> you know, because, because we've talked before and like, you know, like I, I know your background. I know you share with me part of your story, you know, I, right. So I I'm, I'm like, 
okay, he's got something that can pour into me, you yeah. know? And so that's what I'm trying to do with these young adults is I like, I'm a dress like them. I'm a give my all to them. Like I'm a ball up in the, uh, in the gym with them. I'm going to yeah. go to the gym with them. And I, I do stuff like that. Um, why? Because then it gives me like the space to ask those questions. Yeah. And it I gives agree. me the space to, to call them out. Why? Because they're, they're not just another churchgoer or Christian. They're my brother, right. yeah. you know? And it's like, you know, if, if you saw some random person on the street, you know, like running around in, in, in traffic, like just being dumb, playing Frogger, you know, like you might, you might not say nothing, but if it was your brother, you'd be like, yo, bro, get out the street right now. Right. You're going to get hit by a car. Why? Right. Because that's your brother. Right. So it's the same thing. It's like, we got to have brothers. And until we are brothers, like we're, we're not going to open up. We're not going to have that space. Yeah, I do. And that's the thing is that that's so funny because that is a true statement. Um, my biggest thing that I've learned with men too, is that we don't want to give up information because we always feel like somebody's going to use it against us later. Um, mm. that's our, our mentality is that I can't give you stuff that you can use against me later. Uh, so that's why it's best that we build a relationship so that I can at least account on the relationship for you not to go and use this information against me to get uh, up on me. Um, and I've talked to, I've been doing this for over 10 years. And so I've learned that and I've talked for men. I'm 45. So maybe 10 years older than me, 12 years older than me to guys all the way down to my son's age. I talked to my son's friends um, and stuff. But even at 16, talking to my own son. It's still the exact same thing. So I got to tell him like, yo, you know, like I'm on your team. Like, mm -hmm. This is my own son. And I'm still reminding him like, yo, big dog. You know, we're on the same team. Like, whatever you tell me, we're on the same team. Like, I'm fighting for you. So mm -hmm. you can tell me whatever you have going on. And then he'll look at me and be like, oh, yeah, you're right, Dad. Because it's something built in us, dude, that we just, I got it. It's literally, yeah. it, it, this doesn't happen over time. And when you get older, no, this, <laughs> this is like right out of the box. It's like, I got it. And then I got an 11-year-old daughter where it's like, but you know, it's, it's too much information. I'd be like, whoa, it's like, man, yep. but, I, but having a, a son and then a daughter has shown me that, that we are, we are way on two different spectrums. And for my son now at 16 to want to talk to me is basically because I, God told me to build a relationship with him. Um, mm. When he was nine years old, I just asked God, I didn't want to fight and argue with my 16 and 17 year old son. Like I didn't want to have where we grew up. He loved me. And then all of a sudden we get in this zone where all of a sudden mm. now he hates everything that I'd say to him and he doesn't want to yeah. listen. Uh, and literally God just told me, he was like, well, don't try to be a father every day. Go build a relationship with them. See, God is not a father all the time. He's a friend. Mm -hmm. You see what yeah. I'm saying? So he's a father when he needs to be. He's a friend when he needs to be. He's mm -hmm. a physician. He's a listener. Sometimes you can talk to God for months and he don't say one word to you and you can just spill it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when I look at where God is like that, God literally just looked at me and was like, dude, just build a relationship with him. And so we went to Buffalo Wild Wings, man, for we've been 
hanging out like that since he was like nine. Um, and right now today, man, this dude will sit down and talk to me. He'll talk to his mom. Uh, and I'm not saying that the dude is just, you know, you know, he, he's not just going off, but yeah. Regular conversations for him now is no part. Like he can come home and tell you what happened at work, what happened at school, what, you know, mm -hmm. what him and his buddies got going on. I mean, he'll tell you information about his life without me ever actually having to go say, Hey dude, what's going on with you? Like he'll actually give up information, but God just said, if you build a relationship, he'll talk. And then I'm just mm -hmm. saying it because that point that you said is for people we don't know, but that's even for us as fathers with sons, if you're struggling with your son, he don't want to talk. He does this. He does. That means that a relationship you fathered too much. <laughs> you you fathered too much, and then you didn't take out time to actually build a relationship through friendship as a father. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? So I got. Yeah. I do. I reminded my son, dude. When we go to Buffalo Wild Wings, we're hanging out, which means that we're laughing, we're joking, we're this is not a point where I'm going to be serious. I'm not going to come in here and try to drop a million nuggets on you and listen to this. No, when we go to Buffalo Wild Wings, we're watching every sports that's on there and we're going to laugh and joke and just have a good old time. And God was right. When you do that now, he's like, OK, so I know you because they we know God is our father. Like we know that the hammer can come down. Right. And so, like, that's mm. what you really <laughs> And because basically, dude, the position that you're in, even though you're a young adult pastor, you kind of fit the mold of all of these pieces, depending on what that young man has in his life. Um, that's why I applaud you for opening up your life at a high level, because you do not know what he's missing in his life. You could be a mm -hmm. big brother. You, if he's 16 or 17, you can almost be a father. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If he's whatever the case may be. You can fit these modes, but you do have to be willing to be actually be a servant leader, um, which is paramount. I think that uh, just listening to you and yeah. building this relationship with you, that you have got a really good grasp on being a servant leader, understanding that I do have to lead, but I also have to make sure that I'm open enough so people can actually see the real, you know, Eric, like Sunday was just awesome that you and the... Um, uh, you and your wife, uh, a diamond, uh, shared your story. Like, dude, that's, mm -hmm. that's leaps and bounds for people who my wife was like, man, I didn't know, you know, man, you talked, so I knew it. <laughs> so but she was looking <laughs> like, I didn't know that. Oh my God. But I was like, but it does. It, it literally brings people it humanize people. So now mm -hmm. when you come out there and you start talking to people, people don't see pastor Eric, they just see, man, I struggled before too, or me and my wife, we had this. And now when you, like you said, yeah. now when you, you're asking questions and you're doing that stuff, man, it just makes it a lot easier. So uh, mm -hmm. but what else you got, man? Uh, give me, we're going to shut out of here in a few minutes here, but give me five good okay. points. Uh, I'm a five point guy. Uh, <laughs> okay. So five good points uh, that you would give um, either to an other young adult pastors for strategies, mm -hmm. um, or you can split it up two and three and then to parents, you know, because mm -hmm. young adults can, like you said, that that age can vary, but some of young adults live home with their parents. So, and then give us as parents yes. some, something that we can actually do to help you with that mm -hmm. part, you know, as a pastor. So yeah. Go ahead. And that's become that's becoming more common as the cost of college goes up. 
Yes. We're seeing more and more people go to the community college. I did that. I went to community college, interned at the church, you know, while I lived with my parents until I got hired, you know, in another state. So, um, so I'll hit ministry first for, for youth and young adult pastors or really, really definitely for young adult. Um, consistency is key. Yeah. And that's coming from my young adult pastor that, that I attended, you know, as a young adult before I became a pastor myself. Um, and she's running, you know, 400 young adults on Sunday nights, um, in Orlando. And so like consistency is key. And it's like, young adults are busy, right? Because you're, you're doing job, you're doing school, you got friends, you're dating, you know, you're not, you're not settled in. Of course you get busy once you have kids, but a lot of that busy time is at home. You know, you're busy at home. You're not necessarily busy with all these different options. And so you got to be consistent and you can't beat people up when they're not there every single week. You know, I, I take the mentality of, Hey, whenever you are here, like I'm going to give you a hundred percent. Whenever you need me, I'm here for you. But if you miss two weeks, like I'm not going to scold you, you know, (laughs) because I, because I understand you have an exam coming up this week. I understand that, you know, you're dating somebody that lives in another city. And this, this was the one chance you guys got to, you know, go out or whatever. And so, but it's staying involved in their lives, even if they're not, hundred percent committed to your ministry. You know, even if they're not your right hand man, you know, serving, helping yeah. you tear down the chairs, um, yeah. you still give them that access. Um, two, I would say like excellence is everything. <laughs> yeah. So consistency is key. Excellence is everything. Um, yeah. if you're if you're not focused on excellence when it comes to the young adult crowd, um, you're not gonna win. You know, and I believe I believe in excellence not because I want me to look good or my ministry to look good. I'm representing God and I believe that God is, is the greatest being in the universe. And so if I'm doing anything that's for him, that's representing him, that is presenting him, um, I want to make it as excellent as possible. So resource yourself. I have, oh my gosh, I have taken my preaching, my graphic design, my, you know, event planning skills to another level just by watching YouTube. You know, because so many people are like, oh, we don't have we don't have the money, the resources or, you know, we don't have I don't have a mentor. That's, you know, my dad wasn't a pastor. I'm a first time bro. Go on YouTube. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I I found stuff. Right. And I have taught myself and I get compliments all the time. Like, bro, like every everything that you guys do is excellent. I'm like, yeah, because it's for God. That's that's why Um, to the parents, I'll say as a as a son's perspective. Um, since I'm not a father yet, but from a son's perspective, um, I think my, my dad had a great balance of providing for me and being there for me. Yeah. And I feel like it's easy to just do one and say, oh, because I do one, I don't have to do the other. Yep. You know, like, oh, like, like I, I pay the bills. So, you know mama can love on the sun, you know, (laughs) right. It's terrible, but you're right. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, that's something that I admire and I would encourage, you know, fathers to do is, you know, provide and be there, you know, um, man, it's, it's so cool to like, I feel like as a son, there's nothing better than like, yo, my dad took off work today to be here with me. Yeah. You know? And it's like, okay, we might have a little less spending money this weekend, but who cares? You know, he went to work Monday through Thursday, but he asked off a month in advance to be here for this Friday night graduation, whatever it is, you know, 
Um, uh, man, obviously, like the healthier our marriage is, I believe that the healthier um, a son's like dating relationship will be. Yep. You know, um, my parents definitely went through some stuff, and I didn't really really know about it. You know, until mm-hmm. I was married. Um, but definitely the example, you know, the biblical example was there. Mistakes were made and all that. Um, but there was definitely a, you know, I saw my dad kiss my mom. Like I, I, yeah. you know, I know that they go on dates together on Friday nights. Like they, they set up date nights, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Like you can't, one, you can't not do it. And then two, you can't hide it. You right. know, you can't hide that. Um, yeah. You, you want to set an example of as a pastor, I'm supposed to set, you know, an example for the people that come to church. Then I say, as parents, you're supposed to set the example for children. Yeah. Um, number five, man, I gotta, I gotta pull something out. I know because providing and being there is like two and one. <laughs> <laughs> true, 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 true. Um, oh, okay. I, I think I got it. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna be like super, I'm gonna be like super real. Um, we talked about right, like sex being number one as you know the thing that young men are struggling with. Yep. Number two is money. Yep. Like sex and then money. Yep. And I think having a healthy relationship with money as as parents um, is huge. That's huge. so like huge. That one, bro. Because now, as an adult, check this out. As an adult. When I, when I, you know, when I begin to understand and know like what my dad's salary is and then how much his first home cost and how long he stayed in that home. But then when the PS2 came out, he bought me that thing. You know, when I played good in sports, he got me some Jordan. There was money in the bank. They paid for my first year of college. Why? Because there was this healthy relationship with money. Yep. And we know, we know that that's. That's the reason why parents fight is most times over money, right? Yeah. So you have yeah. that healthy relationship. We're tithing, we're saving, we're budgeting. Like those, it comes under those three things. You tithe, yeah, you save, and you budget. Yeah. You know, um, and unless you have debt, then pay off the debt, then save. Yeah. Um, yep. But you still need a budget, and you still need to tithe, even if you have yep. debt. And yeah. man, that that made a difference because I I know that my friends' parents divor- divorced either because somebody cheated or there was money problems. Yep. Those it comes down to that. And like, it, it does. <laughs> it said, sex yeah, and money are your two, the word, two evils that uh, always kick our tail if we don't have it in check. Um, so listen, man, this was a fantastic uh, conversation. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, once again, man, I do appreciate you taking out the, a good hour here, man, to, to hang out with me uh, on mm-hmm. the podcast, man. Uh, hopefully. Yeah, 8 p.m. on the dot. Yeah, listen. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, I try. I told you, man. I like to try to keep it right. You know, I, I want to be respectful of time uh, because mm-hmm. time is precious, uh, and you know. So, um, but listen, you know. Hopefully, when your schedule opens up, man, that I can have you come back on. Uh, maybe we'll talk about some uh, some marriage stuff. Um, you're a mm-hmm. young married guy. I think that those the first couple of years. Um, I'm far removed from the first couple of years. I can talk about <laughs> it, but I'm far from removed. I got 23, uh, but I would be. It would be awesome to hear your take on those first couple of years, and then we, mm-hmm. you know, uh, combine that information and have a good conversation around it. So uh, when your schedule open up, man, please let me know. 
Uh, and of course, you know, we go to the same church. So if you don't let me know, I'm gonna <laughs> definitely be asking you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, man, thank you very much for coming on, man. Uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed it. I want you guys to share, uh, this information. If you guys want to get in contact with, um, with, uh, pastor Eric, uh, he's the young adults pastor over at, uh, Brightmore Christian church. If you don't have a church home, you're young, you're between 18 and what, 30. Mm-hmm. 30-ish, we'll say. 30-ish. <laughs> Listen, if you... Yeah, you know, 18 to 30-ish. 18 to 30-ish. If you guys, uh, you know, if you're sharing this with your with cousins and, and nieces and nephews and stuff, man, if you guys don't have a church home and you guys really want to get a better understanding of what God wants from us and then how you actually can open your life up to him, come on by Brightmore Christian Church on Thursday nights. Uh, uh, Pastor Eric and Pastor Diamond would uh, love to have you there. And I promise you, you have a great time. Uh, this is your boy Q. This is the Manology Project podcast. And I am out. Peace out. <laughs>